All right, turn with me to the book of uh, Hebrews, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. I'm going to read the first six verses here of the book of Hebrews. And uh, uh, beginning in verse 1, Hebrews 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. And this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, in, in, inasmuch as he who hath built a house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he built, he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were, were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for taking care of us, Lord. We, uh, we know that, uh, if it wasn't for you, we probably wouldn't be able to go nowhere, or do anything. Lord, I pray for, pray for all these people that are sick, Lord, that not only the ones that are here and that are on our prayer list and but I pray for a lot of people that are sick with this this virus that's going around. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll protect us from it, that you'll help us, Lord, to uh, to uh, realize, you know, that uh, you, you're the one that if we're protected from it, you're the one that'll have to protect us. We have, no, we have no way of doing it ourselves. I know they tell us to do a lot of things, but... I'm sure a lot of people have done a lot of things, but uh, uh, they still got it. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit, if it be your will, to go with those that are sick with it. And, and Lord, that you'll stop it soon. Preserve us. Take care of us, Lord, uh, as we live in this life and things that we have to do. And especially uh, this pastor here, Lord, I have I meet a lot of people and, and, Lord, I just pray that you'll help protect us from those things. Take care of us, Lord, and go with us tonight as we study your word, realizing, Lord, that your word is truth, and knowing, Lord, that uh, it is the only truth that is out there. It's in your word, and and as, uh, as Pilate, I believe, has said, what is truth? Uh, well, Jesus is truth. He, he is the truth, and he's the truth of all things. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> Last week we talked about um, who was faithful to him that appointed him. Who was faithful to him that appointed him. We talked about that last week in our lesson. Um, as we said last week, it, this also can be translated as who was faithful to him that made him. Uh, you know, God, God made all of us, but he also appointed us. He appointed all of us. You know, 
Those of you that are saved today, you were appointed before the foundation of the world to be saved. And, and those of you that are working for the Lord and doing for the Lord and have a special thing that you do for the Lord, you were appointed to do those things. Uh, you were appointed uh, to come and sit in the Lord's house. And, and as we read here in, in our text that it says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? You know, we, we are of the house of Christ. We, we are, we are of the house of the Lord. And all, all that are members of it are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, and we're all, uh, of the house. And so we're appointed. We're appointed to these things. I'm, I'm more convinced of that now than I ever was. Uh, uh, over the years, you know, I would, I studied this word appointed many, many years ago. And, and I really didn't get a lot out of the study for some reason. Uh, but here lately, I've been studying this word appointed. You know, when you come right down to it, you know, uh, it's just like God said when uh, somewhere out in eternity, he said, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And, and that's, that was an appointment. Uh, as, um, as Jeremiah said that, uh, Said he was, he was called before he was ever born. Well, also he was appointed before he was ever born. He was appointed to be what he was, what he ultimately would be. Just like we're appointed today to be what, what we are. You might say, well, I'm not anything. Well, if you're one of God's children, you're something. And, and, and if you're one of, uh, if you're, if you're a member of Landmark Baptist Church, you're something. And, uh, so don't, don't say you're not anything just because you may not be pastor or may not be, uh, uh, one of the officers or teach Sunday school or something like that. You were appointed just like old brother Claiborne Rucker used to say up in Kentucky. Old brother Claiborne Rucker used to say, he used to sit back there where Carson is sitting. He had his own cushion, had his own stuff back there. And, and, uh, he, old brother Claiborne would come in and somebody asked him one time, he'd come to church an hour early and he'd take his seat. He'd sit there and wait on the others to come in. And somebody asked him one time, said, brother Claiborne said, uh, why do you come to church early? He said, I'm appointed to this seat here. And he said, I'm going to get it. And, and, and old brother Claiborne, he'd be there when the first song was sung. And he'd be there when the last song was sung. He would be there when the first person came besides him. And he'd be there when the last one left. That's the way he was. And that, that was his appointment. As I heard, uh, uh, a, one, a preacher say one time, old brother Claiborne, old brother Claiborne is a appointed pew warmer. That's what he's appointed for. He never done anything else. He never voted. He never done anything else in the church. But he was there, and uh, he was there in his appointed seat, his appointed time, his appointed way. So everything we do today, you know, is done by appointment. And so we, we need to remember that and remember that each and every day we live because, you know, what, what, what are you good for if God won't use you? You know, that, that's, that's, uh, 
that's something to think about. You know, uh, will, will God use you this coming Sunday afternoon? I'm going to be preaching. I'm going to be, I'm going to be preaching on uh, the title of my message is going to be Pride, the Joy of Corrupt Sinners. The Pride, the Joy of Corrupt Sinners. And, and you're going to find even in that right there that, that God, that God takes care of uh, of, of his children, but yet there, there are those out there who have too much pride. They have too much pride. They have too much pride to witness. They have too much pride to testify. I've taken on a, I've taken on a new ministry here, Landmark Baptist Church. I, we got a bunch of those Landmark Baptist things out there. You know what I'm doing? I'm passing them out now. Passing them out to people. I don't know what they do with them. But uh, I'm passing them out to people. I got a stack of them I'm taking with me tonight, and I'm gonna pass them out tomorrow. And uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do uh, for the Lord uh, because if the Lord has appointed us to serve Him, then that's what we need to be doing, serving Him. And so uh, it says, talking about uh, who was faithful, talking about Christ Jesus, who was faithful to Him that appointed Him. And he says, as also Moses was faithful in all of his own house. And we're going to talk about that uh just a few minutes. But I want to say this before we get off of this. Um, Jesus, uh, the things that we talked about, his G Christ appointment, uh, his appointment was to God the Father, uh, incarnate Son, mediator, intercessor, judge, he's appointed to have the preeminence, death and resurrection. Christ owned all, he, he owned all the previous. I mean, he was appointed to all those things and he fulfilled every one of them when he was here on the earth. You know, he committed no sin. He was appointed to commit no sin. He didn't. He was appointed to go and die on Calvary's tree and he did. He, he was appointed. He, he, he fulfilled everything. You know, the, the key that we have today is, will we fulfill everything that we're appointed to do? Will we fulfill that in our life? And, and, you know, and I can tell you, you know, I can tell you, I tell you, I can tell you every Sunday, and I do, what, what, what you should be doing and what, what you shouldn't, should not be doing. And uh, the thing that you should be doing are the thing that you're appointed to do. So that's, uh, uh, then he goes on down here. He says, uh, we're, today, tonight we're going, we will speak of the faithfulness of Moses in his house and the likeness of Christ's house. So he says, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. Now, let me tell you, uh, I, I don't raise any hands, but how many of you would love to stand before the Lord someday and Him say that about you? That you were faithful in everything that He appointed for you to do. That's what He says here. He says, who was faithful to Him that appointed Him, as also Moses was faithful in all of His house. Well, whatever Moses was appointed to do, Moses did it. He did every bit of it. He did everything that point to do. So to say, for us to say that, 
regular man, natural man, can't do all the things God's appointed him to do. That's not true. Because we can. You know, the problem we have today is we don't want to. We don't want to do everything. You know, people think that uh, serving the Lord, I hear it all the time, not from here, but I hear it all the time, you know, that people say, well, you know, uh, I've got other things I need to do. Well, not not if you're appointed to do the things for the Lord. You know, you got to find time. you got to find some time from the world to do the things that the Lord would have you to do. And it's, it's important. It's a lot of... A lot of responsibility, just like I told uh, um, um, Griffin and Allie when I counseled with them. I told them, I said, y'all, y'all going to have to make room in your life to do the thing that the Lord would have you do. And you're talking about having a good marriage. All of you that are married and, and faithful to the Lord and your husband and your wife is faithful to the Lord, you know it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. What? You know, I've seen, I've seen preachers who didn't have faithful wives. I've seen wives, preachers' wives who didn't have a faithful husband. And it's a terrible, it's a terrible way to go. It's a terrible thing to, to, to be like that. But, you know, you need to be thankful. If, if your spouse is, is serving the Lord with you, you ought to be thankful. You ought to be thankful for that. You ought to sit down and thank the Lord every day. Because that's, that's part of a faithfulness that the Lord has given us. And Mo- Moses was faithful to all of his house. He was faithful to his wife. He was faithful to his children. He was faithful to his Lord. He was faithful to whatever he had to do, uh, as far as, as the things that he had to do. He was faithful to those things. And, and, and God, and, and I guess the key thing here is, as far as I'm concerned, God trusted him. God trusted him. And so that's something to, uh, something to think about. God trusted him. This is, t- this is taken what, uh, Apostle Paul took this from Numbers 12 and verse 7, which states, My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in mine house. Now, Moses' house, What's God's house? Your house should be God's house. Yeah, your house should be God's house. Because God gave it to you. It belongs to Him. You know, if, if you, if you ever to give back any, anything, you're going to give it back to the Lord. People worry to death who they're going to leave their money with. Well, you know, uh, I've often said, don't worry about what's going to happen to your money after you're gone. Send it ahead of you. And you've already you you've already taken care of it, and that's, it's amazing. I had a man tell me here a while back that he doesn't have any children, just him and his wife, and they he got money. And he told me that uh, of, of his inheritance, he said he left a third of it to his church. He said he left another third of it to missions. Now he's got one third left. I said, who's going to get the other third? He said, well, I guess my wife will get that. But, uh, but that, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing that, that God can trust us enough that we're going to be faithful with whatever he gives us. Moses was not, when it says here, 
My servant Moses is not so. That's in Numbers 12 and verse 7. He said, My servant Moses is not so. Uh, what does he mean there? Moses was not so when it came to Miriam and Aaron who murmured against the Lord. That's what he was referring to there. Miriam and, and Aaron, the, the sister and brother of Moses, was not faithful to the Lord. And he says there, he says, my servant Moses is not so. He's not like that. He's not like Miriam and, and, and Aaron who murmured against the Lord. You read this in Numbers, the 12th chapter. Uh, it's not, uh, he didn't murmur against the Lord like they did. Well, you know, when you talk about Moses, let's, let's just look at some things here. Moses was faithful to the Lord's house, which is all, is all the Lord expects of us, that we be faithful to his house, which is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Moses was not at, in our days, church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's his house. Moses was not just as, just as I am not, he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Now think about this for just a moment. Think about this. You know, I told somebody, somebody called me about wanting me to explain to them something in the scriptures. And, uh, and I, I explained it to them and, and they said, well, you're, you're smart. I said, well, now don't accuse me of that. Cause I said, my wife says I'm dumber than a Kentucky coal bucket. But, uh, but at any rate, you know, Moses wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Moses didn't even want, Moses, when God called him to do what he called him to do, Moses said, I can't do that because I'm not eloquent of speech. And you know I'm not. And he said, I'm not eloquent of speech. But God said, then I'll make you, I'll give you a mouthpiece because I want you to do what I've appointed you to do. And he did. He, he, he made him a mouthpiece. Aaron became his mouthpiece. And as a result of it, you know, Aaron did all the speaking for Moses because Moses was, wasn't very eloquent even in his speech. But God still trusted him and God used him that he put him over all of his house. He put him over all of his house. So Moses was over all of his house. I said that to say this. God does not look on the intelligence of a person, but if God saves one and that one is accepted of God as a fit vessel to carry on his work. If God saved you, then you're a fit vessel to carry on his work. If God, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, we, we have a work here at Landmark Baptist Church and God trusts you, each and every one of you to have, see that that work is done. See if that work is taken care of. Well, you say, well, I falter at that a lot. Well, uh, maybe, maybe you need to sit down and examine yourself. Because God has entrusted us with, with all those things. And you say, well, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. Well, go back to Moses. Moses, that's the first thing Moses told the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm just not that intelligent. Lord said, I'm still going to use you. Guess what? Look what Paul told Timothy. Look at Second Timothy, if you would. <clears throat> Paul told Timothy over in the um, the second chapter of Timothy. 
in the ninth, in the nineteenth verse, Second Timothy. I'm, I'm in the wrong place. Second Timothy, the second chapter, the nineteenth verse. Here's what he said. He said, "Nevertheless, the foundation of God stand sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His." And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Those are key verses right there. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee, he tells, the first thing we got to do is flee youthful lust. He tells Timothy, he said, flee youthful lust. Timothy was a young man. I don't know how old Timothy was, but I was a young man when the Lord saved me. I was a young man when I started pastoring, 22 years old. I started pastoring, and, and, and you know... When you when you're young like that, you have a tendency to do what young some young young people do, but you've got to flee those things and stay away from them. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with with uh, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. And a servant of the Lord must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and in the meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who had taken captive by him and his will. He said, he said, that's why you need to have a testimony. That's why you, that's why you need to realize Timothy, that uh, that you can't act like a child. You can't act like you you can't act like somebody a novice. That's one of the things he says. And uh, over there in Timothy, he says you can't be a novice. No, no preacher can be a novice. You know, we've got we've got preachers in the ministry that you know they are novice. And and but he says you can't be a novice. He said, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to know what you're doing. And the Lord trusted, Lord trusts people, uh, to be like that. So this is, that's what he said. God is the one who puts honor on his man and not those from the world who have no honor with God. God's the one who puts honor. You know, uh, you know, men get honor, but when it comes to the Lord and his work, God is the one that honors. There's only one thing I want in my life. When I stand before the Lord someday, and I will, when I stand before the Lord someday, I want him to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, what do you want him to say to you? Same thing? Sure you do. You want him to say the same thing to you. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did the things that you were supposed to do. You did the things that, 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 that I appointed you to do. You did those things. And, and I'm, I'm sure, 
I'm pretty sure that Moses is probably going to hear that. You know, they've been a lot of great people honored by man, but are they honored by God? You know, it, men, men honor one another, the Bible says. But it's God that honors his children who do what he has appointed them to do. This is, he talks about Moses here. He talks about Moses again down in the sixth chapter. So, so we know that he had a lot of trust in Moses, uh, from the very beginning. This is, this is what is wrong with the Lord's house today. The world has taken it over and most of this generation of Christians thinks that's all right. <coughs> that's okay if things from the world go on in the church. They think that's okay. But you know, today you, you better watch out when you're preaching. You really had. You better watch out when you're preaching. I've had preachers call me and, and they say, man, I got, I had to leave my church just because I said something about the way people were acting. I've had that over the years. I know, I know of that. I've heard of that over the years. And you know, and we've got to, we, we've got to be right. We've got, we've got to realize that it's not all right for the world to come into the church. But we got modern day Christians who think that's okay. They use world, worldly methods to get people into the church. They use worldly methods to keep people in the church. Had a preacher tell me one time, said if you give everybody something to do, they'll stay in the church. Well, God has already given everybody something to do. I don't have to, I don't have to name it out. Just like I told, told them, uh, uh, one time several years ago. I told them one time, they said, when are you going to go out and, and, and visit these people that's not coming to church? I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not chasing after people that should be in church. I'm not chasing after them. If I see them in the grocery store, I'll ask them why they weren't, weren't there. But I'm not going to chase after people that should be in church. I'm not going to do that because they have an honor duty to God to do what God would have them do. And one of the things he would have them do is to be in the Lord's house. As a matter of fact, he makes that very clear in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews here, which we'll eventually get to it. He makes that very clear in the 10th chapter there that, that everyone, number one, as I said, we should provoke one another to love and to good works. That's what he says in Hebrews 10 and verse 24. We should provoke one another to, 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 uh, uh, loving good works. We, we should provoke, provoke them. And, 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 and we should, we should provoke them not to forsake the assembly of themselves together as a matter of some is. So much more as we see the day approaching. You know, and then he follows that up with a, with a warning of chastisement. On, on, only commandment in the God that God gives that he backs up with chastisement. Only one. Now we know he chastises people, but this is one that God means. He means it just exactly the way he said it. The person that called me today about something in the scriptures, you know, they, they asked me, they said, how, said, said, how did the scriptures get put to, the question they had was, how did the scriptures get put together as he did in chapters and verses? 
and uh, said, who did that? They said, who put them together in chapters and verses? And uh, I said, well, the original Scripture was not in chapters and verses. The original Scripture that didn't even have breaks in it. That it was it was just constant roll, a constant roll, and, and it was all covered with, with 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 no no breaks in it, no these, no hands, nothing like that in it. So you know, I said, yeah, I said, man translated the scripture from not not from the original text. King James wasn't translated from original text. It was translated from, from, from a manuscript of the original text. So, so we can see when we think about this and we, we think about this, you know, it's a, uh, there's a lot of times that the scripture is not taught, but it's interpreted. What does the Bible say about that? When we talk about having honor and we talk about having uh, a truth, you know, what, what does the Bible say about that? The Bible says the, 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 it is, the Word of God is of no private interpretation. You know, I'm not to interpret the Word of God. I'm just to teach it as it is. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not to interpret it. Uh, but that's what happened when they, when they translated, they interpret part of it. That's how you got the word Easter. In the scriptures. That's how you got some of the words in the scriptures that are there. They interpret them and they added that to them, the interpretation to those scriptures. You find it a lot in First John. I don't know who the translators was. I have no idea. I just know there were 54 different translators that translated the King James Version of the Bible. King James had 54 translators. He hired them. And they translated the Bible, but... They didn't translate it. They interpreted it in a lot of places. And it would be just like me saying, I've heard people say, well, that don't mean what it says. Here's what it means. <laughs> it means what it says. It means what it says within the context of what it said. It. You know, the problem people have today, they take stuff out of context. It's just like... Uh, Maybe I sh- I'm gonna say this. It's like Joe Biden. You know, he said something plain out, but he said they took me out of context. No, he said it plain out. Yeah, a lying, cheating dog soldier, something like that. Well, let me tell you, folks. The scriptures are the scriptures, and God trusted Moses with everything he had. He trusted Moses. Does he trust me with the Word of God? I sure hope so. Does he trust you with the Word of God? I sure hope so. Some of the things I hear from some of you, he does. He does trust you with the Word of God. And, and certainly that's a, that's a key thing. So let me, um, let me simplify this, this one. <clears throat> Let me simplify this. One may say they trust God, but the question is, does God trust them? That's what I'm trying to say. God trusted Moses and gave him the power and authority over the whole house of Israel. The great apostle Paul called it the house of Moses. 
he called the house of Israel the house of Moses. I'm going to tell you, that's a big honor. <clears throat> that's a big honor. I mean, Moses was just a poor fella. Moses was just a fella couldn't could hardly talk. He was a fella that he, as I said, he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. But God trusted him. He trusted him over the whole house of Israel. He was a head of the whole house of Israel. He's the one gave them the law. He's the one brought the law down from Mount Sinai and gave it to them. He he he's the one that <clears throat> he's the one that led them out of out out of out of bondage in Egypt. He's the one that he's the one that had enough sense to know what to do to lead them out because God gave him that. Gave him that understanding. God God the Father entrusted Christ with the authority that he became the mediator and the head of his own house, which is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. How, how many local churches do you believe they they are? There, there are not as many in the world now that believe that as they used to be, even when I started preaching. But there was a time when there was thousands of them thousands of churches that taught and believed just like we do. There were churches today that are called Southern Baptist churches that have gone in another direction, but back in back in those days, they were true churches. They were churches that didn't go into error. They were churches that, that stood for the things of the Lord, what the Lord believed. Well, th- does God trust us with that? The only way any can reach God the Father is through Christ the Son. Moses was a type of Christ, but he was not Christ. For Christ is God's Son and was trusted far more than Moses the type. Now, when, when you liken, when you liken a man to Christ, that's honor. That's exactly what, that's exactly what he did. David, even though he committed a terrible sin, he was, he was, God trusted him. God gave him great trust over the whole, uh, over all of Israel. God gave David great trust over all of them. And so certainly, uh, it's, it's a great blessing. All right, let's all stand.